Welcome to the Contrarian Marketing Podcast, where we give you ideas you might not be thinking about. Today, we're talking about everybody's favorite SEO topic, backlinks. So to get started, Kevin, I have a question for you. I just recently put a poll on LinkedIn where I asked the my followers and whoever else actually sees it, if they would rather have a deep link deep on the New York Times website. So unfortunately, there was limited by characters. But I meant to say like the cooking pages because it's really deep and I don't think it's as popular as maybe the opinion section. So backlink on the New York Times website, deep on the site, or a front page link on Reddit for 24 hours. What would you rather? Look, from an SEO perspective, I would take the New York Times link. From a brand perspective, I would take Reddit. I know it's a bit of a cop-out, but... No, no, no. Okay. You're copying out. You're right. Give me your answer. One I, and oh, I my my uh, the text I put around the poll is it depends is not an answer. So <laughs> I, for, I forgot you have to give an answer. So you didn't want any answer from any SEO is what you're saying? No, I got all sorts of comments about what a stupid question it was. You know, it's typical LinkedIn stuff. <laughs> Look, it's like a cooking page on the New York Times. If I'm a SaaS brand, I don't care about that. So I'm just going to go with Reddit homepage. Yeah, good. What do you think their percentages were on that? Fifty-fifty. Oh gosh, I wish. Last I looked, it was 6535 for the New York Times link and all sorts of comments about what a stupid question it was because everyone wants a New York Times link. <laughs> I think my, we'll dig into this sort of backlinks. I think about links and everything from a business standpoint. A link on the cooking page, like I don't even know if Google will see it, but a link from Reddit, every person that comes to the site, as long as they opt into cookies, you can retarget them later in ads. You can have pop ups get them sub- to subscribe. You can give them an offer like, so much more valuable from a business standpoint. I don't know what the stats are. It's been a long time since I've hit the front page of Reddit. But when I have hit the front page years ago, it was hundreds of thousands of people on a single day. So I'd rather that than maybe a link that Google thinks is valuable. So my opinion, any questions for me? Yeah, look, I disagree and I agree, but we're going to talk about that in a second. Let's keep playing this game of guess what? Here's my question for you. Last episode, we spoke about Hoppin, who two years ago, pretty much exactly, was worth $7 billion. To be exact, $7.7 billion. And they just recently sold their assets to RingCentral. Guess for how much? A billion? $15 million. $1.5 million. Wow. Damn. What? And RingCentral might have even overpaid. Might have even overpaid. I, I mean, you know, it's crazy. Given that the CEO, I think he pulled out 200 million in stock a year or two ago. He definitely, he actually made a great multiple on the, on the value of the company. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's disturbing. Back to you. All right. Question for you. What year do you think the first scholarly paper was published on neural networks? And for our listeners that are are not AI geniuses like we are, of course, a neural network, so neural, the word neural is the same as neurology, which is the brain. So a neural network from a computer standpoint is a network of computer nodes, which could be in multiple computers or in a single computer that thinks. So it says like, if this, then I'll think about that. And it's thinking on its own rather than just following a string of code. What year do you think the first paper was written on this concept of neural networks. Okay, I haven't looked this up. I don't know the for, this for a fact, but I think it's way earlier than most people would assume. 
So I'm just going to say 1978. All right, you're way better than most people who would probably assume like 2013. But the actual answer is 1943. Wow. So AI has been around way longer than ChatGPT. And just for a quick AI story for you, I was in San Francisco last week and I saw a Waymo car without a driver. So they're, they're now it's legal in San Francisco to have cars without drivers on the road. You know, they, they've, it's been possible for cars to drive themselves, but they had to have a safety driver. So now it's legal in San Francisco for them not to have safety drivers. So both Cruise, which is owned by GM and Google, Waymo, have cars right. without drivers. And they're both running taxi services, which are not legal, according to the latest news. They're not legal to be taxi services because they're not licensed, so they can't take money. But somehow you can go for free. So great, great way government works. So I was in San Francisco and I saw one of these driverless cars and I saw some older people. I would have guessed that they were in their 80s. So this car pulled up on the road and this couple got into the car. So props to them. I don't know if I would get in a driverless car, but I don't know. They, they, they were alive in 1943 and they're like, yeah, cool. I'll get in this car that thinks on its own. So AI is a lot older than people think. Yeah, fair, fair. fair. By the way, I heard all the, these cruise cars actually have a lot more accidents than most people think. But anyway, speaking of something that's around for a long time, recently Overstock bought the brand website and app of Bed Bath & Beyond, which filed for bankruptcy. I'm currently writing about that in my growth memo. And it's a very interesting case. So my question to you, Overstock bought these brand assets from Bed Bath & Beyond for about $21.5 million. How much do you think their stock price increased by when they made that purchase? Am I allowed to look? No, you're not allowed to look. $100 million. 600 million and 30%. So not a bad wow. deal. Pretty steady ever since. So stock price went from 23 US dollars to basically 32-ish, which is actually a little more even than 30%. But yeah, $600 million market cap added due to a brand change. Not a bad deal. No, that's probably because they zeroed out all those 20% off coupons that Bed Bath & Beyond had. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. Blue coupons I, are... I went to okay. one of their, they were like going out of business clearance sales and they're like, they wouldn't accept the coupons anymore. And basically everything was 10% off. And I'm like, you're going out of business sale is worse than your current business. So I see why you're going out of business. Sometimes that's a smart move. They actually, Overstock actually did, I think it was pretty smart of them. Part of, you know... They actually, you know, buying that domain, I mean, that domain has 43,000 unique backlinks, meaning backlinks from unique domains, which might be a good bridge to our main topic. And that in itself, you know, if you think about, I don't know, an average value of a backlink for of $300, that amounts to, what is it, like almost $15 million in itself. So just the link value, probably not a bad purchase at all. But speaking of backlinks, Eli, do you think- Wait those- a second, wait, wait, you forgot about our last episode. I apologize if we know any of the SEO people at Overstock, but Overstock, we talked about this last week, has a propensity to screw up all their SEO. So I would not value their purchase based on their backlinks. You know, we, we fondly remember O.co and Overstock.co and Overstock.com now redirecting Bed Bath & Beyond. So my my best wishes for their, their way forward. It actually looks much better than you would think. So you can, by the time that the podcast comes out, I, I probably will have published that case study on the on the growth memo, but to be fair, so first of all, I wrote on LinkedIn that it seems like this migration is going poorly, meaning from overstock.com to bedbathandbeyond.com. 
it's actually going much, much better than it looks. And I think they're doing something really smart there. They've, they've essentially bought a much, much better brand. And so I agree with you. They, they did some stuff in the past and they're basically, they're shaking it all off with this new brand and they're kind of rebirthing their business. So I think all in all, it's a smart move. But back to backlinks, Eli, do you think those still matter? Like, should people still worry about them, pay for them? Or is it, you know, is it, does it all not matter anymore? I don't think they've mattered for many, many years. I mean, obviously they matter. And that's like, that's the differentiator between Google and other search engines or has always been the differentiator between other search engines. Now search engines have changed, of course, and Google's competing with ChatGPT. But I don't think they ever, they mattered in many years the way people think. So like when I was at SurveyMonkey on three occasions, we got links from whitehouse.gov. That didn't, I think the first time we got links, I was able to make them worth something. And that was in 2012, so 11 years ago. But the other occasions that didn't do a thing, the other occasions we got the links was because we'd done these surveys that made the Trump White House look good. And they just stole the blog posts. We written these blog posts and they just stole them complete with like all the internal links and all that. And they republished it on the White House blog. It didn't do anything for the linked pages. So my guess, obviously we can't know unless you're Google, is that domain authority aside, which is obviously not a Google metric, Google looked at the White House and they're like, you're not an authority on anything other than like government stuff. So the authority does not transfer. And as a more recent anecdote, I spoke at a Google search event in San Francisco, and as a part of speaking at a Google search event, I got a, p- a profile on the search events page. It's not google.com, it's it's with google.com, which is where they host a lot of their stuff. It has decent domain authority on any of the domain authority <laughs> sites. And I have a link to my personal website from this pretty good domain authority Google site and doesn't do a thing. I don't see myself ranking any higher on anything at all. So. That's my more recent anecdote. So I think backlinks, the concept of backlinks, of course, matter. And Google does look at authority, but I don't think they're that valuable. The other thing is you have to take into account that links are like when they invented the concept of links, the only way you could reference something on the internet was with a, a backlink, with a href link. And now if you want to say something about something on the internet, you can make an Instagram video, you can thread it, you can tweet it, you can LinkedIn it, you can, there's so many other ways to be like, this brand is good, this product's good, all that. And all we know that most of social media doesn't count for SEO. So like there are many, many popular brands that just will not get links. They're popular social wise, and they're not popular backlink wise. So like, how does Google account for, oh, there's a real brand, this is authority. That's, that's my take. So now please go disagree because otherwise no one's going to listen to our podcast. <laughs> I was going to disagree with you. I, I think backlinks still matter. I, I knew that. I counted on it. You always disagree, no matter what I say. <laughs> I try. I try. But I, I think people look at backlinks all wrong. And it's you, you kind of hinted at that. I think this concept of DR is too limiting. You want to think about the power of backlinks as the contextual power. So as you mentioned, a link from, .gov, from, from the whitehouse.gov probably won't matter much. It might matter if, if you're a, a publisher who writes about you know, the economy or politics or, or, or something like that. Then it might actually have an effect. And that's exactly the, the thing that a lot of people miss. Most people think a link is a link. And that only matters to maybe 5 or 10%. But the majority, like 90 to 95% of the impact of backlinks actually comes from the contextual power. Meaning, do they, do they play in the same area as you, you know, in the same vertical or in the same space, the article that links to you, does that 
actually matter for your business, right? Is it topically relevant and does it link to your homepage or does it link to another article or landing page? And most important of all, do the links actually get clicked? That to me is the strongest signal of a backlink is does it deliver traffic? And if it delivers traffic, why wouldn't Google reward that? Actually, there is a Google patent and I, I want to be careful with Google patents. They're not, you know, they're not proof for anything, but they increase the likelihood that somebody at Google thinks about this the same way. It's actually also a registered pet by Google, so that increases the chances. But there's a patent at Google that is basically called sensitive page rank or user-sensitive page rank. And it describes this idea that links that drive traffic must have a certain quality or links that don't drive traffic at all. And so, you know, I'm not going to go too deep in, in this reasonable surfer idea and concept, but long story short, the higher the likelihood that a link is getting clicked, the better it actually is. And if you add context to that, I think back the concept of backlinks still matters a lot. And I've seen many cases where clients I worked with, they got really relevant backlinks and it, it really mattered for their business. Now, the, the challenge is that getting links is not as easy anymore. That's fair. And what I would add on this is I think, and so we already talked about how AI isn't new. I think that the, their, the concept of backlinks is also part of the way Google ranks things from an AI standpoint. So we're, they're using AI to determine relevance. So back in like, you know, initially Google was able to like apply, they called it page rank. So here's the page rank of a website. And now this page rank is going to help the page rank another website. And it sort of logarithmically leaks all this page rank stuff. And then it equates to it's super, I've, I've read through some of these papers and, you know, when I've had a hard time falling asleep and it's super complex from a math standpoint, the way this whole thing works. But I think at some point in time, you were able to have like an internal expert like Matt Cutts be like, oh, that, that link, that's why you're, that's why this website is ranking. And I think it's far more complex now to the point where you have, and I talk to companies like this all the time where they're like, well, so all I got to do is get the exact same links as my competitor plus one. And like I beat them and it's not at all the case because it's AI. It's all this training of, well, this link is situated this high in the page and this link is, it had, this page has this back internal backlink and this page. It's just so much more complex that like, from a, a manipulation standpoint, where you're manipulating something that is very hard to figure out, it's no longer a puzzle. Like, oh, I'll just put this corner piece right here, and we're done. Here's the puzzle. That's that's where I think it, it's it's interesting. You've layered in all this AI and all this thinking, and you're right. Like, is it click? Is the link going to be clicked? And going back to my initial question about New York Times link versus Reddit, it's hard to even know. Like, when does Google even crawl that link? And if they crawl that link, how much do they value that link and is it relevant? And I think there's so much effort and so much money spent in SEO manipulating and I, I don't know if it, it's worthwhile. I think you hint at a, you, you touch on a point that is part of me saying most people don't know how to think about backlinks, which is you need to have the right conditions for the backlinks to maximize their impact, right? If you are a known brand, if you have a certain popularity, and if you have good content, you have good engagement signals, right? People come to your site and they stay or they find what they're looking for. And then you got a, a couple of links. That, in my mind, is a much, much stronger signal than the same situation without the links, right? But if you get a lot of links and your brand isn't really popular and user engagement doesn't look so hot and your content is, is relatively thin, the links are not going to save you. They're not going to turn things around for you. So I, I see them as much more of an amplifier sometimes a requirement to break into top positions. For example, I've had a couple of clients who had a really hard time breaking into the top three positions for their head keywords. 
And after actually building some really good links, they were finally able to break into that real estate, which is so valuable on the internet. But you know, it's it, the solution wasn't just buying a couple of, of links or so. The solution was create actual content that people like and share and that resonates with people, have a, a superior offering, have a good user experience, right? And then get some publicity and some attention out there. So it's and that's that's the contrast you're just, that, that you're describing, right? Like I would argue, ten years ago, you could still go out and maybe spend a couple thousand dollars on buying some good links, and all of a sudden you would rank much much better. And that isn't possible anymore without fulfilling all these other conditions as well. Absolutely, I'm I'm gonna have to agree with you there. That's- and I'd say like wh- whenever companies ask me for help with links, if they are in an, a clean authoritative space, and we have to revisit this podcast when you come back from Chiang Mai where I think there'll be different opinions on backlinks <laughs> there. But I, if you're in a clean authoritative space and you're looking to improve your rankings, I always recommend to think about backlinks from a PR or now they call it digital PR standpoint, which is you go out and you get positive PR about your product in a way that people will read. Does Google count the link that showed up in the Wall Street Journal? Probably, but if it doesn't matter if they do because you still showed up in the Wall Street Journal. So I, I, I'd say that's far more important for an authoritative brand. Whereas if you're in a, a dirtier, shadier space, if you're like a, an affiliate site, when you're competing against other affiliate sites, if you're a dirty affiliate, like, let's not call them dirty. If you're in a gambling site, that's maybe not like the, the cleanest space, maybe not even the most legal space. Everyone has those shady backlinks, so go get your shady backlinks. And I think that's a differentiator. And I, I think that some CMOs have not caught up to the fact that you know, if you're, if you're Verizon or you're Walmart, you don't really need to buy links. And I've worked with clients like that and we're buying links and they're trying to measure it. And it's, it's not possible to measure it because at the same time, there was this client I was working with, like their velocity of naturally acquired links so outpaced the velocity of the links they were spending tons of money on. And they were trying to prove that the money they were spending on those links was valuable. I was like, how are you going to do that? Like, it, it maybe makes sense for like, again, the smaller brands that were not acquiring any links organically. And you could just say like, well, here's your, your pre and here's your post. And like, here's the difference. But what are you, what are you going to do with for a big brand? So I, I think, I think we're in agreement somewhat, unfortunately. So what should we disagree about? Well, I, I would disagree that you are able to measure if you have a link gap or not for the most part. So I think there's some kind of glaring metrics and there are some some metrics we need to dive deeper so one thing i always do is i compare for the most important keywords what does the domain authority look like and what does the url authority look like for competitors and what you'll often see so i have this i have this case with one of my clients where they have been ranking fairly well for their absolute head term of the business and then all of a sudden two other multi-billion dollar brands decided to get in that same space basically created a landing page, each of them, and all of a sudden they ranked above them. And that's just because they have such a powerful domain, right? And domain authority, domain strength, whatever metric you want to use, right? Like, I don't want to get into the whole, oh, domain authority isn't real. Let's just call it the the authority of the domain. Whatever metric you want to use for that, that's the first thing I look at. But then the second thing, that's what so many people forget, is the strength of the URL itself. Because page rank doesn't just exist on the domain level, it also exists on the page level. And a and, lot of and that's part of the Google patents. That is part of the Google patents, yes. And has been, you know, ha- has been reiterated multiple times, and that's still well and alive out there. So 
people, you know, they, they miss half of the game by just looking at domain specific metrics and they forget the page specific metrics. And then if that doesn't tell a concise enough story, that's when I go to the topical level and I look at, okay, the backlinks that the client gets and then the competitors get, are those actually topically relevant or not? And that's a bit more complicated. There is not just a single metric out there. I think Majestics has a topical flow metric that comes the closest, but there's no perfect metric that shows you the topical relevance. However, there are some cool things you can do with AI to make that topical mapping of the source URL and target URL much, much easier. And you can almost automate it. So it's possible to do, but it warrants a deeper look. And that's that's where I'm like, you can measure it, but there's there's not one single perfect number that will tell you whether you're on or off track. Yes, and the, the biggest thing here is that there are variables that no one will ever know. So like, for example, I think there's some sort of age factor to links. So if you look at, and, and, and when links appear and disappear, so if you're trying to rank on something really competitive and authoritative, you could get all the links in the world and you potentially won't shake out, shake the competitors that are there because Google like stuck them there. And they're, they're and part of the algorithm is making sure that they can't get unstuck. So like, let's say a, a query like, I don't know, a bank, right? Or online bank where you're going to have the biggest banks in the country, Citibank and Chase and Bank of America. And they're stuck there. And now you have this like neo bank where you're an online bank and you really want to unseat them and you get every link possible. From a page rank authority standpoint, maybe your numbers are better, but part of the algorithm is, is like, well, we, we don't want to let this happen unless the search itself changes. So, so that's where it's hard to measure. So like you take these AI tools like a Majestic and they want to measure the topical authority. You may deserve to rank higher, but you just don't because there's aspects of the algorithm that we don't know. And those tools can never know about those. And Google probably doesn't know about those because again, the, the rules teach itself. So I think this, it makes it more interesting and more complex and less manipulative, which is good for users. Good for users, man. Good for users. Fun thing, also, you can sometimes in some areas rank without links. So, and, and see, that's, oh, a, that's a problematic nature of SEO. There's all sorts of whens and ifs and edge cases and, you know, scenarios that people will tell you it happened once and they, they think that's the gold standard, but it's, it, it's, it's not, and it's not, it's not possible to generalize that broadly anymore. For example, what works in, in the health space might not work in e-commerce or what works in SaaS might not work in legal. So there are all these different games and, and good SEOs understand what games, you know, or what rules are set for, for which games and how to play certain games. So I think as a bottom line, we can probably say, you know, it depends and we know what it depends on, but you know, SEO is just, SEO is not SEO anymore. SEO is, is like 10 different games that are all played with different rules and different different levers. Oh, we're totally in agreement there. So let's wrap up here. I just realized that I inadvertently did a sponsorship for OnCrawl. So here's my OnCrawl t-shirt. And then it somehow matched with like an OnCrawl coffee mug. OnCrawls, for those that don't know, it's a cloud crawling tool. I've been an ambassador for a few years. So check out OnCrawl. Thank you for not sponsoring the podcast, but you, you ended up sponsoring the swag. So while we're at it, my favorite feature <laughs> yeah. about OnCrawl is that you can copy paste an API query within any chart or any feature of the tool. So that that's a really neat one because I like to pull data into spreadsheet and, and mingle with it on my own outside of the user interface. And I found that OnCrawl was pr is probably the software that makes that the easiest out there. Fascinating. I've been using OnCrawl for years, so I didn't even know that. I'll show you. 
I'll show you how. That being said, Eli, I think we got to wrap here. Can't wait for all the comments on our backlink assessment and, and how we're wrong. But whether you think whether you agree or not, let us know. We want to hear you. We want to hear from you. And yeah, any if you want to give us an opinion about backlinks, please start the email with dear sir. Actually, I am an expert link builder. Dear sir or hey love. <laughs> or greetings of the day. I, I'm actually an expert. So we only talk to actually experts in link building. All right, sir. Good talking to you. We'll talk to we'll talk next week. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin.